We're on page Kuf Ayin Dalid, 174, three lines from the top. About to speak about now how Shem Avaya is called Shmoy HaGodol. Like we started off saying before, the Shubachim Feradiyat Shmoy HaGodol, explaining different explanations of Shmoy HaGodol. The first one is that Havaya itself is Shmoy HaGodol. And then there's going to be a higher explanation. Like I said, there's two explanations. Noyam Havaya, the Noyam which is drawn down from Havaya, or the Noyam which is above Havaya. So Shmoy HaGodol is the idea of the Havaya is Shema Etzim. The essential name. We said that refers to the essence of the spheres, meaning the Uyr, which includes within the spheres. And we went on this previous, previous page and spoke about how Moshe um, Rabbeinu wanted to know Hashem's great name. And then he answered, Hashem basically answered that if you might say Nikra, when I when I am merciful for my creations, then that's when I'm called a Vayat. So it's including, it's seeming to, seeming to say that all of these different attributes that Hashem is called by these different ways, depending on the way He acts in the world, they're called Shemei HaGadol. And if we answer that, it's really talking about how Havaya is mitztarif in Kol It mixes together, joins together with other names like Havaya Likim, Havaya Tzvokis. And the Havaya basically is, is, is indicates, shows upon the simple, um, abstract, simple divinity, just the revelation of Hashem's um, divine light without any definition yet. And being that it's so pushit, therefore it's able to be channeled through all these different channels, all the different names, um, and be the energy behind those names, be the energy behind those different expressions of divinity. So, so that's the idea of, of the Shema Vaya, is Shema Etzim, it's just the essential energy which, which includes in all the spheres. And that energy is, being that it's simple and doesn't have any tendency or leaning to any specific quality, therefore it can be expressed in different, many different channels of all the spheres. Um, then we said that Tiferes, the Kli itself, the Kli is also an idea of Havaya. Um, but that's only talking about the Rachamim of Seder Shalshus, the Rachamim which already takes into account the Marucham, the subject of the Rachamim. Nevertheless, we still say, basically, after all these explanations, that Shem Havaya Atzmei itself has no specific, it doesn't show upon any specific action or specific expression of divinity. It's just a simple divine energy. And it, therefore, it can be channeled through all these different vessels, channels. Therefore, we, we said that Yutochen Hashem is a Gambahoyra Seemingly, we can say that this name can refer even to the essential light of the Atmos HaMaitzel, the source of the world of Atzilis, basically of the Ein Soif, which until now we've been saying that no, the Hashem Avaya only can. Um, be applied to after the Uyr already becomes so to say, defined and limited by the Kli. But now, since we're saying that Shem Havaya, Atzmoy, is this simple Rachmim Pshutim that's above Seder Yishtalshlis, that Hashem's simple mercy, Hashem, Hashem himself is totally merciful without relating to the subject of the mercy. So seemingly now, even uh, Shem Havaya can refer to the Uyr Atzmi before it becomes even revealed from Hashem or before it becomes enclosed in the vessels for sure. So we're talking about the Uyur, how it is still within the essence. Not even how it's become extended before it enclosed in the Kli, and not even the, the Uyur after it's become enclosed in the Kli. Even the Uyur Atmi is called Shemavaya. And that's what the Paradi said, that it has no Peter Shabir, it has no explanation what Shemavaya is. And so then we wanted to explain that Shemavaya is basically the letters of it show upon that it's a creator. And Yud Kevavke, it's Mahave, Lashon Havus to bring it to existence. Because that simple energy of Avaya, which is now we're saying you can even relate to the Ira Atzmi, Hashem's essential light, 
is what it brings into something from nothing. Only the power of Hashem's essence have that, has that ability. But only how it works through with the Kalim. Because um, the Kalim are what make this energy become condensed and contracted and therefore able to create limited beings. The, so the Atzvah Samaitzel itself, the, es- the essence of Hashem, you can't say that He is called by a name which relates to creation because that's already defining Him. So only after that, essential energy becomes enclosed in the vessels. So, but even according to the, this, the Pardis, which says the Havaya is Shaykh only in the Eiris and that's only in the Eir after, after it already comes in the Tzilis. But before this whole paragraph, we're saying that no, even the Havaya can be even applied to the Eir Atmi. So according to the Pardis, it's only Shaykh in the Eir Atzilus. Even according to his opinion, Shema Etzim, um, what does it mean, Shema Etzim? Even though it's a shame which relates to the Eir HaNetzal, the Eir which has already been emanated in the world of Etzilus, nevertheless, the word Etzim can refer all the way back to the Atzimus HaMaitzel. So now we're starting to understand how this is possible. Um, Havaya is Hisavus, but only through the Kalim, but still it's interconnected, it's connected all the way back to the Atzimus HaMaitzel. And that's what we said, Hani Avaya. We explained this idea of Hani Avaya. I, my, I myself, Hashem himself, is Avaya. Kulachad is totally one with this level of Avaya, which is the level of divinity, which is already contracted and clothed in the vessels. Um, that Havaya shows upon the four stages of creation. That's basically the year after it already comes in the chain of creation in the level of Amali Kalalmin. Nevertheless, Ani, meaning Atmos and Mahus, Hashem, his very essence, is Kulachad, is totally one with that year, which is enclosed in the creations. And said the muscle of the the two different types of mirrors Hashem can reveal himself in a just like you see, you can see yourself in two different reflections depending on the mirror a, a big mirror a small mirror so too Hashem can reveal himself as a Shemayi and he's also revealing himself through the Shnei body in the two two staves of the Arin and that's the idea of the unification of, of Sevev Kolom with Mamali Kolom that's the idea of Ani Avaya and that's the idea we're saying here that um that the essence of Hashem is totally united with the level of Havaya, with the level of the energy which enclosed in the vessels of Vatsilis. And therefore, like we said earlier, we can say that um, this Shem Havaya, Shem Atzim, can relate all the way back to the Eir Atzmi, even though it's talking about the Eir already and how it enclosed within the spheres of Vatsilis to be able to create. But that energy within the spheres is totally one with the Save of Kolom, with the, with the Atzim, the true Atzim. Um, and that's why Shem Havaya is Shem Atzim. Because it's a gili de eating sefer meitzel, it's the revelation of the infinite energy of Hashem. But how it's coming clothed in the in the spheres of Atzilus. But it's totally one with the eating sefer meitzel. So therefore, the, even though we're talking about this air already, how it's relating to the spheres, but it's totally one with the eating sefer meitzel. Therefore, the air atzmi itself is also called Hashem avaya. Now we're starting three lines from the top. Now we can understand why Shem Havaya itself is called Shmei HaGadol, his great name, because like we just explained, it relate, it can relate even all the way back to the Eir Atzmi, uh, Hashem's essential light of the actual Emanator, the source of the world of Atzilus, because even though it can only be called Havaya, the creator, after it's become enclosed and channeled through the vessels of the world of Atzilus, but those vessels, that energy, which is basically Mamali Kolomim, which is a limited, contracted divine energy, is totally unified with the Seviv Kolomim, with Hashem's essential energy before he contracted himself. Therefore, that that itself is Shmei um, HaGodl, that Oyer, which is already contracted, but still unified all the way back to the Eir Atzmi. And that's how we understand now what Shmei HaGodl is. Havaya itself is called Shmei HaGodl. Even Havaya, which is already the stages of creation, or the idea of how Hashem is the creator, still is unified back to the Eir Atzmi. Now, to explain even more this idea here. Again, 
Again, we see this idea of Godel Havaya, the greatness of Havaya itself. Shem HaShmoya Godel. Um, so this verse is what Yisrael says to Moshe uh, after all the miracles he's witnessed in the, the exodus from Egypt and the splitting of the sea. Now I know that Hashem is greater than all the other gods. The east of Medrashava reached Parshas Dvarim. In the beginning of Parshas Dvarim, it says in Medrashava, Ilu Acher Amar Chulu. Basically, it says that if somebody else would have said that now I know that Hashem is greater than all the other gods, it wouldn't mean it wouldn't mean meant anything because what does this other person, what does this person know about every single god in the world? He, he's never did, did he really explore? Therefore, he can say that Hashem is greater than everybody. Ela Yisrael, only Yisrael that he actually searched out and explored all the types of Avedizar in the world, and he found that there was no mamashes to them, there was no reality to them at all. Only to this type of person, Yisrael, who actually witnessed and explored all the other of he can say, that Hashem is greater than all the other gods. Now I know that Hashem is truly greater. So he can truly appreciate that, because he experienced everything else. So we have to understand, in this state, statement of Yisrael, being that he's saying from all the other gods, he seems to be implying that there is some type of a mamashus reality to the Vedizara. He's calling them Elikim, which is a godly divine name. It's implying that they are also, these Vedizaras are also godly, but that Hashem is even is just greater than them. And how could the Medrashavah say about Yisrael that he didn't find any reality to these other Avedizadahs? He, he seems to be impl- giving them some type of importance by calling them Elikim. Then how would he say about these other Avedizadahs this divine name, Elikim? He shouldn't call them Elikim then if they have no mamashas to them. But the truth is we also find by Moshe that by Moshe, that he also said about Hashem ki kavaya Elikechem hu Elikeho Elikim. Hashem, your God, is the God of gods. So seemingly this a similar statement, a God over, powerful over the other gods. David said also, King David, now I know that Hashem is greater, and our master is greater than all other gods. This seemingly is the same idea what Yisrael said, that Hashem is greater than all the other gods. So how can it be that uh, even Moshe and even David Melech said the same idea, which seems to be giving some type of importance to other Avedizaris, Elikim, calling them Elikim a divine name. That itself we have to understand, how Moshe and David can use this expression also referring to other gods. This, the Hashem says in this verse, clearly, without besides me there is no other Elikim, there is no other gods. So then how can Moshe, David, Melech, Moshe, Rabbeinu, and Yisrael say, the God of gods, implying that there is some other type of power besides Hashem. That, but the only thing is that Hashem is greater than all other gods. So how is this possible? This statement possible? The idea is to explain this. Let's understand what Elikim means. To understand that Hashem is, we say Hashem is greater than all Elikim. What is Elikim referring to? There's two explanations in Elikim. Power and strength. Like the verse implies, the Rashi explains over there that Eli Ha'aretz, the Gibayri Ha'aretz, the mighty of the earth, he took. And also another verse says, I have the ability, I have the power, my hands have the power to do this. So again, we see that the word Eil, or which is the same idea as Elikim, implies strength and power. It means power and strength. And this is also the reason why we see that judges are Nikraim B'Shem Elikim. The, a judge is called Elikim. 
because of his power. Like the verse says, you shall not curse a lekim, which 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 means over there a judge, like Rashi explains. We should not curse a judge. Because judges have a special power, a strength to them, to actually pass in halacha, to to actually decide what the halacha is, and to force a person to go according to their judgment. That's power. Don't obviously don't think that they don't have the power to decide halacha only according to Torah. They're not deciding on their own power. It's the power that Torah gives them. But being that the Torah, the power of Torah gives them this ability to actually decide the halacha in cases that are brought to them. And even more so, according to the Torah, the judges have this ability to force a person to accept their judgment and to fulfill it. Like the famous saying. You're allowed the 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 bezdin is allowed to force a person for when a get to giving a get regarding giving a get it has to be it has to be from his will you can't give it against his will so the the answer is a person doesn't want to give a get you're allowed the the bezdin can force him until he says I want to because every single Jew really wants to but his yitzray who should talk for his yitzray harder gets in the way. But they have this ability, this strength, not only to decide the halacha according to the Torah's power, the Torah power, gave them this power to decide halacha, but also to force a person to act according to their halacha. This has only the, the Jewish court has this ability. That's why they are called, the judges and the court in general is called a likim, a godly, divine name. But like I said before, implying one of the explanations of the Kim is because of the special power and this ability that the Bezdin has to force people to go according to their halacha and also to decide halachas. And also another implication how the Kim means power. About Moshe, it says, I have placed you as a Kim to Pare, as a judge, as a power over Pare. The Aramaic translation of the Tater, he translates it, see that I have given you, I have placed you as a rabba, as a power, as a basically a master over Pari. Because there is given to Moshe this power, this ability over Pari to rule over him and to and to totally reign over him and to break him and to smite him with the plagues. Moshe was given the special power to basically rule over Pari, even though he was so powerful. But Moshe, Moshe was so humble and didn't have any power, meaning he wasn't a king, but Hashem gave him the special power to rule even over the king. Even though this power that Moshe had wasn't something, it wasn't totally actually in Moshe's hands to do, to do, Meaning that he had this power in and of himself without any help from above. The only power that he had is because Hashem commanded him to go to Pari and to act like this as a ruler over him. It wasn't something which he had inherently. And that's what it says in the verse um, God, I am, I am your God. Meaning Hashem is saying to Moshe that I am your God. Meaning the only power that you have is because I am giving you this power. Fact that you are an alikim, that Moshe Rabbeinu is an alikim, has this power to rule over over Paroi, is only because because I am your God giving you this power. But just like the Bezdin, being that Moshe Rabbeinu was was given this power, this divine power from Hashem, that's why he's called also an alikim, a ruler, a powerful, strong ruler. The second explanation of what alikim means. In order to be able to understand what we're saying, when Moshe Rabbeinu and David Melech Yisrael are saying, God Levai Mikol Alikim. Second explanation, who 
Bechinas Elikos means actual divinity, godliness. Uh, like it's written in Shulchan Aruch. When a person uh, talking about the intention a person is supposed to have, the concentration, what he's supposed to think about when he's saying Alikim in Davening, or in Brochis, that he is Takif, that he is totally strong and powerful, immense, immensely powerful, that he has the ability to rule over Elyonim, the higher realms and the lower realms, spiritual, physical. He's totally powerful above them. Seeing Elikim here actually is a divine name, meaning implying divinity, the power of Hashem. Whereas before, the first explanation of Elikim is just the idea of power can be applied to anyone who has this power. Like the judges or like Moshe is given power over Parai. Um, here, the second explanation of Elikim is actually a, a divine name and implying the power of Hashem. It's a name which applies only to Hashem and that his power over the higher realms, lower realms. So, Meaning that it's implying this anima the kim and Hashem is implying that he is all able, um, omnipotent, all powerful. And this is a different type of ability and power. It's a it's a total absolute power inherent meaning totally inherently within Hashem, not something which he was given, but it's something which exists within him inherently. And this is totally different than the the previous explanation of the kim, which implies a power which is given, not a yechoyles mechletes. Now we can understand why angels are also called by the name of the king. Like the verse says, you shall praise to the God of gods, which So basically this verse, it means Hashem, who is all-powerful, even over the Elikim, which is implying the angels, who rules over the angels, and sends the angels on their missions, that they don't have any choice in and of themselves. The Ramban explains in the verse, you should not have any, any other gods besides me, besides Hashem. In the Ten Commandments, that the Ramban is explaining that even the angels are called Elikim. And the Hashem is called the God of gods, meaning the God of the angels, overpower, overpowering and basically in charge of all the angels' missions. So the explanation is, how, why are Elikim called, Elikim, angels called Elikim? And Hashem is the power, the God over these angels. Because the whole idea of angels is that they are just the emissaries to bring down the divine energy to creation. They're basically channels of divinity that channel it to a level that creation should be able to contain it. It shouldn't be too intense for them. The malachim are these channels. Um, they have a special strength and ability to, in the fact that they are the ones that are bringing down this divine energy to creation. Like Michal, the angels of the group of Michal, which are the, the minister of water, and the angels of the group of Gavriel, which are the minister of fire. All these angels are, they have a lot of power. And each one in the power, the, specific, the unique power which is given to him. That's why the angels are called Alikim, like we said before, which implies power and strength. So each angel is in charge of bringing a certain type of shefa, of godly energy, down to the worlds. Michal, in charge of the energy of chesed, which is maim, water, which is an expression of chesed. Gavriel, in charge of the energy of gvuda, of esh, fire, which is an expression of, of gvuda. They're each in charge of bringing down a certain type of divine shefa, divine energy to creation. And that is an intense power that they have. That's why they're called the king. Vichain matat. Also the malach, this is the angel, which is called matat. Matatrain. Nikra sari He's called in the, in the chazal, he's called the minister of the world. Vahainu shal yodeh hi ilam. 
Why is he called the minister of the world? Because through this malach, like every malach, is a shliach of shefa, the minister, a divine emissary to bring down energy, divine energy to the world. And each one has a unique power that they are a basically a unique divine energy which they are a channel for. But matat is called the, the minister of the whole world because through matat is drawn down the general um, the general influx of divine energy to the whole world. He is the minister uh, in charge of bringing down the energy to the world, to creation. That the whole um, conducting of creation is through the angel matat. And he's even um, called by this expression that he is a his servant, Hashem's servant, which rules over everything which is to him, which is to Hashem. So that the Malach Matat is in uh, technically, so to, so to say, ruling over everything which is to Hashem in the sense that he is the one that's responsible of make, making the Hashpah, the godly energy, fitting for creation. If it was just from a straight from Hashem, it would be too intense for creation to handle. So Matat is in charge of making that Hashpah, that godly energy, basically, which conducts all of creation, be fitting to creation. Therefore, he's, so to say, the Hashem's servant, just a, a shliach of Hashem to give down the energy to, wor- to the world. But he's, so to say, ruling over everything which is to Hashem, all the divine energy which goes to creation. Which, in, in truth, though, this verse actually is talking about Avram, when Avram is making his servant Eliezer swear that he will take a, a wife for his son Yitzchak from the correct place. He said to his servant, um, the Zkan Beisai, which means the the elder of his house, which rules over everything, basically is in charge of all of Avram's affairs. And he said, put your hand underneath my thigh and take this oath that you'll take a son for a wife for my son Yitzchak. And but this is now implying this in a deeper sense to even the, to the Malach Matat. As it is explained in another place. It's known that Matat is called in the Zayar the, the, the shoe of the Shechina, of Hashem's Divine Presence. And now, what does this mean that he's the shoe of the Shechina? So the shoe it is, is in Arabic is translated as Nartik, a cover, a sheath. Like the Targum, Aramaic translation and in Rus on the verse that each man took off his shoe um, speaking about the idea of the the um, Yibum over there we learned some of the luchas of Yibum so anyways uh, he, he translates the Targum translates Nal as a Nartik a sheath a cover like, <coughs> like it's this, this word Nartik is used on the Nartik of the Shemesh the sheath, the covering of the of the of the sun, in order that the world should be able to withstand the heat of the sun, and not be burned up. So, too, this idea of nartik, in the sense of matat, is the nala, the shechinta, the shoe, the covering of the shechina, meaning in order that we should be able to receive the divine energy that creation receives, and creation should be alive by that energy without being overwhelmed and totally nullified out of our existences, just like the the sun being totally too too hot for us and be burned out of our burned alive. So. That is the job of Matat. He is so this 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 shliach hashefa, basically this channel in which the divine energy becomes concealed and more condensed and contracted in order to be fitting for creation. And so too the idea of the similar the similar this idea of an arctic of uh, the, the the a sheath that covers the sun that allows the heat of the sun to come to to the world without being too intense for us. So too the the godly energy which comes with um, be the godly energy which is extended 
given out from Hashem to creation in order to create the worlds through the fact that it becomes concealed within the channel of, of Malach Matat therefore it's able to be a vitality which is fitting for the limited worlds without basically overwhelming them and nullifying their existences and that is what it means when you say that the conducting of the world is through Matat not that God forbid that Matat actually conducts what's happening in the world and runs the world that's obviously in Hashem's hands but the fact that he allows that energy which through which Hashem conducts all of creation, he allows that energy to be accepted by the worlds because he contracts it and he conceals it. He's that channel which conceals the energy. Therefore, so to say, he's conducting the world. Um, that's why he's called the minister of the whole world. Because he is the minister and the ruler over this um, conducting of the world, meaning over this energy which basically through which Hashem conducts all of creation. But he's the one that basically channels it and diminishes it and allows it to be able to be accepted by creation. But again, this is only not an inherent power that, it, that the that angel, the Malach Matat has, but just the power which was given to him by Hashem. Hashem basically created these channels that um, conceal the divinity in order to be able to be received by creation in a way fitting, fitting according to their characteristics of creation. He, Hashem created these powers, these divine channels of these angels. Not, it's not an inherent koyach that he has in and of himself. And this angel Matat doesn't have he doesn't have the ability to add or to take away any of this anything from which that which is drawn down to him the divine energy from above. Meaning he is only just concealing this energy because Hashem gave this him this power to be the channel the divine channel for all of the energy of creation and to conceal it but he can't add more energy or take away from that energy at all because his koyach is only given to him by Hashem starting the next page so too the angels of Michal which is the angel of Chesed Gavriel the angel of Gura which are the ruling over water and fire their ability to rule over basically all of water and fire in, in creation physical water and fire their, their power that they have over these physical creations are, is drawn down from them from the supernal uh, godly attributes of chesed and gvura. The power that Michal has, Michal has to be to be basically controlling the divine energy which goes into water comes from the attribute of kindness of the world of Atzilus, of the emotive attributes of Atzilus, which are basically Hashem, which are Hashem's powers. They're not powers in, they're not inherent powers that these angels have. And Michal does not have the ability to, to change even the hair, a hair's breadth from that which he was given. He cannot um, give more energy to water or take away energy from the water or change the way the water is going to act. It's all in Hashem's power which is being funneled through that angel. And that is what it means when the verse says that the voice of Hashem is on the water. Meaning, it's the voice of Hashem. The voice always implies amshachav, revelation, just like a voice is what you're revealing, which is in your, in your mind to the outside world. Koyil Hashem means the revelation from Hashem is on the water. It's not the angel, which is in power, which is power, has power over the water. It's really the voice of Hashem, the, the godly revelation from Hashem, which is being funneled through him. But he has no ability in and of himself. Gabriel over his conducting and the giving the energy over funneling energy to the, the fire. It's not that he has power over fire or power any power over the, the influx of that divine energy. He's just the funnel. Stop there. Three lines on the top of Kuf Ayin Hay.